in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. everyone and welcome to another brand new episode of the top 10 i am john roca and i am matt nost and we are here to bring you another uh week of top 10 action yeah how are you sir i'm good good the nfl free agency is in full swing all kinds of shit is happening movies are starting to come out matt covid is barely over i don't know if you know this but uh everything's going back to normal is what i've been told uh, hopefully, you know, <laughs> sooner rather than later. Um, don't know that for a fact, but, uh, sorry, I need to return a text really quickly. Okay. All right. Sorry. That's what I was distracted with for half a beat there. <laughs> that's all right. Happens. Trying to lock down John Williams on uh, settle the score. I respect that. Uh huh. Guest appearance. Uh, by John Williams on yeah. It, trying to explain the zoom function of it. It's been rough. He's 91. What do you want? What do you, don't ask too much of him, for God's sake. He should have an assistant who's able to do this, for God's sake. Come on. You, you would think so, but... Come on, Johnny. Come on, Johnny. You still have to explain the technology to him. <laughs> My friend has been on a Zoom call with John Williams. He recorded a snippet of it and sent it to us because to him he was like pinching himself. And John Williams was listening to some music that someone else had done of his work a version of his work and hearing his um watching his reaction was incredible so i have that video saved on my phone just in case i ever need it have you ever seen the video of the guys that show up to his house and start playing the star wars theme get the fuck out of here no i've never seen that really they're on the sidewalk it's it's two uh brass so one's a what trumpet and i i think the other one is a french horn i can't remember i remember the trumpet what but they start playing the bum bum da da, and it's going through the whole thing, and then eventually he comes outside. Wow! Somebody's taping from like uh you know uh, the next block over or something. Like a friend of theirs, hey, go stand over there so you're not right up on him. If he does, but get a shot of us outside oh, of his wow. house. Oh, I see it. Yeah, here we go. It's like a minute and thirty-five. Yeah. Oh wow! It's like the AP. They're just sitting up there in front of the, the I don't know. I, I, I suppose a piece of me would be like, you know, I'm trying to watch something on Netflix for God's sakes. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. But at the same time, like that's got to be pretty fun. You're just sitting at home and then all of a sudden you hear one of your pieces. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, uh, and, and um, he came, he comes out, huh? Wow. Yeah. He comes out towards the end and like shakes their hand. And that's insane. I think that's where the vo- the video ends. Wow. Wow. Oh, by the way, that's very way, nice of him. Way back when we were talking about Jason Statham, and I told yes. you, I was like, "Oh, he's in the right said Fred, I'm too sexy video." And then we looked it up, and we couldn't find it. Yeah. So when we did our Jason Statham, I forgot to mention this. I found the video that he's in. <laughs> Just Google Jason Statham music video, and you'll see it. It's this weird. I don't know who the band is, but he okay. is superimposed, like you know, shitty editing from the late '90s. Okay. Just 
dancing shirtless, all oiled up. Wow. Yeah. So the movie or the, 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 okay, this is on Reddit. So I hope I don't get in trouble here. Oh my God. That is weird. He's all oiled up with, uh, yeah. Leopard Speedos, Cheetah Speedos. Yeah. And he just like is gesticulating towards the camera, dancing around a lot. And it's the same moves kind of over and over again, but he's up in the sky while whoever the lead singer is or the artist of this is. Hey, it's man, a weird fucking video. You got to start somewhere for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah. I don't, <laughs> uh, I don't fault him for that. It's a job. Coming on by the shaman is what the name of the thing is. Wow. That is, uh, I knew I'd seen that. Wow. Uh, but I forgot to mention it when we did the what if Jason Statham show. Right, right. Uh, that I, yeah, looked it up again. I was like, it does fucking exist. I'm not crazy. <laughs> well, you're getting older, man. Things are. I, I thought it was right said Fred. I mean, it has that vibe a little oh, totally bit-ish. Not. Yeah, you're not wrong there. But the music is totally different. Uh, the song itself came out in 1993. So when was Lockstock? Was that 97? 96 or 7, somewhere oh, in that ballpark. Yeah, so he's not even like a somebody yet. That came out in 98. Shit, okay. so, he, you know, you got to work. You got to work. Yeah. You can't fault him. No, he's, not in the slightest. Who cares? Young. He's in great shape. Yeah. It's the same as when you see those commercials. Yeah. From, you know, any actor with long before they became huge and be like, yeah. hey, that's a good job. Um, especially back in the day, if you got a national and, uh, yeah, whatever the eighties or nineties, man, that thing paid. Oh yeah. Crazy well. You could live off three nationals and buy a house back then. You could absolutely yeah. do that back then. Yeah. Nowadays, three nationals will get your rent for the next couple of months. It's, it's, it's a shame. Yeah. It just depends. Uh, yeah. How much they air it. I haven't seen the new contract cause I don't go out anymore. Yeah. But, uh, it's nowhere near. I mean, the money changed while I was working. Yeah. Yeah. It went from pretty excellent to, Hey, this isn't bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm not complaining. It's free money is a friend of mine once described it. It's mailbox lottery. Yeah. Yeah. Go down there and suddenly you got a check for five figures and you're like, mm, this is pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> I'm going to go deposit this and then I don't have to worry about rent for a few more months. That's what my managers couldn't understand. We, we kind of parted ways earlier this year because my managers were all about like, this needs to be the most important thing. And it's like, for what? For you want me to spend all this time preparing for a, um, an audition that'll pay me $5,000. Which the government will take what a thousand to fifteen hundred of it, then you'll take your ten to fifteen percent of it. Yeah, by the, the pre tax amount. Yeah, the pre tax amount. And by the time it's over, what am I, you know, getting out of it all? And all this for the drama and then driving and then recording multiple times and mm -hmm. fuck that. You know, whatever I lose out on, I'm happy to to make up on doing what we're doing here, doing what I do with all the shows, getting the commercials. On my, and the sponsorships on my other stuff. I'd rather focus on that than fucking put yeah. myself through the grinder of all that nonsense, you know? And so we eventually parted ways because uh, they wouldn't, uh, they didn't see it from my point of view. And I, I didn't, they didn't like it that they weren't as important to me as I, as they wanted me to be, them to be in my life. So uh, it's like the people that as soon as I was eligible to 
join the union, I joined yeah. the union. So I didn't have to do those shitty non-unions because I booked a number of those and it's audition, callback, days fitting, days shoot, yeah. pays $1,800. And you're like, okay, well, by the time I pay taxes and my agent takes a cut, yeah, I'm making like $800 for four days. Right. Of work. How does this make sense? Yeah. It's not like it's bad money, but that's, it's like, okay, but that 800 then takes me off the, you know, I can't go out and audition for other things that actually right. pay because right. it's not like you book these. It's one thing. It's like, it's 800. It ends up being $200 a day and you're booking to where technically it's $200 every day. Sure. Right. 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 But it's not. No, no. And now the non-union stuff is the one is the stuff that pays more than union for a lot of, uh, yeah, you get the buyout. People. Yeah. You get the buyout. So, but you know, the buyout means you're paying more taxes on it because it's all coming at once as opposed to a little bit at a time. So the, the hit is larger. So yeah, it's all that stuff. And yeah, I hate it. I, I, I'm very glad I'm not, uh, in it anymore to be honest. It doesn't mean I won't, but I'd have to find the right manager or the right agent that's cool with just taking what they help me book and. Uh, cool with me doing what I'm doing, um, in my life right now with all these shows and everything else. So yeah, as long as we're cool with that, then they can be my agent or my manager. With uh, a shift to zoom auditions. Yeah. Would make it easier. But the only way I'd come back is if I was still sag and technically I haven't paid my dues in three years or something, two years. Yeah. yeah. So I don't even know if that's remotely possible. Yeah. If you have to stay in good standing or now I need to go back out and book a couple of union jobs to then rejoin. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. And then you yeah. have to pay like probably over two, over two grand now to rejoin. I, I would assume well over two grand. Yeah, yeah probably right. And just like, well, okay, well, I'm not doing non-union unless the payday is good enough. Yeah. Uh, I'm still – they sent me the bill last two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, and I'm on the fence about whether I'm going to pay it or not you know, for the for the dues. Yeah, um, I let mine lapse. I'm just yeah. like, I, I'm not going out anymore. Why am I paying to be part of a union that I don't exactly. take advantage of? And actually, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. And if I book a big union gig, then I can say to them, well, this is the deal. So can you add the union fee to what you're going to pay me so I can pay to get back into the union so I can do this job? If you want me this much, are you willing to do this extra bit? And maybe I can work out that deal if that ever happens. Oh, they got to love you. Yeah, exactly. They gotta love you, right? Yeah, that's what means, I was waiting for. Because which means means. they're gonna go to whoever's on a veils Great. and be like, "Hey, our first guy dropped out." Yeah, knock yourselves out. Good yeah, I could care less. It's just how many of those are you gonna do? Okay, I'll book it before your agency drops you. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No thanks. But that's what I mean. I have to have an agent or manager who understands that. Too many times, actors are slaves to those agents and managers, and it's like fuck that nonsense. <laughs> anyway, yeah, they work for you. Yeah, exactly. Too That's what you need to. Although it's easier to say that once you actually made some money. <laughs> well, yes and no, because you got to have that attitude from the beginning. If you really believe in your talent, yeah, you've got to be willing to put it all on the line and be clear about what you will and won't take, and what you will and won't deal with. And if you're clear about that. Most agencies actually respect that because they know the kind of person you are. Whereas if you're the kind of person that is half and half about it or is, yeah, I'll totally do everything. And then you kind of flake or do whatever, then they can't rely on you. But if you're the person who's like very clear about what you'll do. And then when you book that thing, you do exactly what you said you're going to do. Then they know what they have in you and they can at least 
like put you firmly on the shelf in some way and know what they've got with you, which is all they ever really want. So Yeah. But wow, all they ever really want is for them to say jump and you say how high. That's what they really <laughs> That's what want. They ultimately want, yeah. Yeah. We're going to send you on every audition that we can get you in in the hopes that we can get 10% of every available job in the world. We don't give a fuck about your time. Why did you submit me on <laughs> yeah. an African? Numerous projects. Right. And you're like, I am not right for this. Why am I here? Yeah. Well, you could be the one person that, uh, they're, you know, you never know. You never know. Okay. Yeah. They sent right. me I do on, know. But they sent me out on a hair loss one and I'm like, but my, I don't have any hair loss. What the fuck? <laughs> Or, um, what was the one I said? Oh, way back when they sent me out on one, when I was in my, I turned 40 or just in my early forties, they were like, yeah, we're going to send you out on an erectile dysfunction one, but they want you to have gray hair. And I go, but I don't have gray hair. Like, well, can you get a bottle and spray your hair gray? I'm like, are you fucking insane? Are you fucking stupid? I just like, go fuck yourself, man. You know? So yeah, I never did any of that. Hey, you need to wear a lab coat. What? (laughs) It's not happening. The people that had like a trunk full yes. of costumes to put yes. on, like the police uniform, the whole yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. The you get the fuck out of it. If you can't visualize me as this, I don't want the job. And even if they book the job, right? This is the life. You're just walking around getting on the shit. And how many of those people actually end up happy by the time the grind Who is knows? over? I don't think yeah. there are that many. I really don't. And They're I've heard so- from friends that work in casting and they're like, yeah, but sometimes it really does help to see. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to go out and buy a bunch of costumes yeah. to wear to auditions. It's just, yeah. this is all pretend in a room. And if you can't pretend a uniform on top of me, well, that's your fucking fault, not mine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that shit is annoying as hell. It's super annoying, man. Yeah, the only reason I would go back just like, well, if the Zoom things, man, that's an easy payday. Yeah, 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 yeah. But well, it's been happening more and more. But I don't know if, I don't know if that's going to start. It, that's going to now be the permanent way of doing things: the Zoom auditions and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine they go back to what it was before, right? Because right. that's the way it's always been, and people are conditioned to that, and they're paying rent on warehouses in Santa Monica for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, for that stuff. Yeah, or that one on. uh what is it? Third in La Brea, right next to the Lamps Plus. Oh yes, that one. Yes, the upstairs one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That place is massive. It is nine separate rooms, man. Yeah, and it's just a huge holding area with you know, yeah. and you'll see the completely different castings going on. Yeah, but a couple hundred <sighs> people in there spread out over the nine rooms. Yeah, I hated it. I hated it, man. I hated all of that shit, especially when you got paired up with someone who doesn't know you. And they give you that look like, oh, no, I'm not going to book with this guy. I always hated that fate. Like, whenever I – oh, God, the shit of – all of that shit, it drove me nuts when you get that one person who's, like, desperate to book. And they try to kind of – once they – I've had this happen a couple times. I, you know, I'm not the best-looking guy. I'm not the best-in-shape guy. So these girls sometimes would get paired with me, and they would look at me and be like, oh, I'm not going to book with this. And they would try to get themselves moved to someone else who was skinner, skinnier or more attractive. Or whatever. And I saw it twice. It happened to me, dude. And it put the fucking bitter anger inside of me, man. Cause I just was so like, Oh my God, I'm trying to book like you are, you know, not the, what, yeah. what makes you think you're better than I am as an actor, actress. And you have no idea what chemistry we have. So it's that kind of shit, man, that you just, I hate to deal. It's like going back to high school, you know, it, it fucking 
triggered so much when I went through that. I hated it. Hated it. Yeah, I don't recall have having experienced any of that, but I also didn't give a shit while I was there. <laughs> That's a fair point. That's the Yeah, I didn't move here for that. So it was like, okay, well, this is a nice little side bonus. And I know a bunch of comics that book commercials and they got me into this. So. Right, right. It could be an easy revenue stream. And that's all I looked at it as, whereas actors, it's like, well, this is your job. Right, right, right. Um, So you have different expectations as to what the experience could be. And I just wanted each one, like I was there, I did my job. Yeah. But I was also like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. So if you guys don't want to see me, I don't give a shit unless I really drove pretty far. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. By and large, most of the places I lived in Silver Lake, so most of the places are not too bad. It's the ones in Santa Monica. It's just like, fuck. Oh, yeah. Depending on what time of day. The Santa Monica at five o'clock audition or four o'clock audition. Yeah. Band. On Fridays. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm having dinner in Santa Monica, it turns <laughs> That's out. For sure. Yeah. I started a tradition with a friend of mine who lives oh. down in Venice. So I'd. Oh, nice. Yeah. When I had those, I just hit him up. And if he was around, we just go get dinner. So we do it to this day of, uh, I'll hit him up every couple months and be like, oh, come down. We'll do some dinner. Yeah. 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 But the Ocean yeah, Park Boulevard one. Yeah. Yeah, Ocean Park Boulevard, Kathy Knowles. Kathy Knowles, yeah. Yeah, right down off of, what was that, 6th Street? Yes. And then there was one, if you took 6th Street down to where the 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 train lands, there was like one over okay. there. Okay, I'm sure I've been there. Yeah, and then there was that one above Hooters. Oh, God, yeah, that was a bitch, because you had to find, find, figure out parking. Yeah. And then you had to figure out that that place was like up the stairs and around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a- I walked into Hooters and was like, do you know where this is? The first time going. And they're like, yeah, right up the stairs. Um, I they get that all the time. Although that was the first place. I think I told you this, but it was a long time ago. Mm. It was like the second audition I went there for. I only did like four or five there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the casting director was, uh, Jonah on Veep. Oh, wow. The tall guy? Yeah. yeah, the tall dude, yeah. But it was for, um, it was Shell or BP or something like that, but it was a gas station, uh, spot and it was, you know, using the gist of it was they put new credit card readers at the pump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, how convenient is this, uh, type of thing? And they were all jazzed about it. And he ended up booking the spot that I was yeah. there to read for, but he was running the casting. And that's when I learned like, oh, like, they could do that. And then I saw it happen a few other times and was like, oh, no. They're actors. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them uh, guard that, that ability, that job, uh, zealously. They guard the, oh, yeah. uh, sessions because they think they, that they're the ones who are going to book it, get an easier way to book it, you know? Well, plus it's an easy <clears throat> job. Yeah. True. Very true. I mean, that's saying that there isn't some skill in that. There is, but sure. it's not like it's backbreaking. No. Work. So. And some of them will actually help you and some of them won't. Yeah. Depends on the situation. Yeah. No. Good casting director makes a world of difference. Yeah. Yeah. I always hated getting the positive reaction and then not booking the job. I always hated that. I was like, well, what the fuck's the point, man? You know? Well, just because they liked it in the room doesn't mean the director and ad agency liked it. So. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's always nice to book the room. Definitely. If anybody's listened to us who's an up and coming actor, always book the room and worry about everything else that you can't control. Don't worry about anything else that you can't control, but you should always book the room, you know? Well. Half the jobs I ever booked, I didn't uh, use the script in front of the oh. director and ad agency. Wow, you just kind of improv or, or ad lib, yeah. just kind of use that as a jumping off point, and then sure, just kind of sure. like 
went off of there, the other actor, whatever's reaction, and then just kind yeah. of played around and makes sense. That's yeah. smart. It's a gift I did not, uh, a skill I did not have. I was not trained in that stuff. So oh, I wasn't, I just did it once and got really positive feedback from mm-hmm. the room. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and then tried it thereafter and it worked. Uh, yeah. sometimes it's like you need to stay on script. Like I get it. Yeah. Right. Like there is no deviation. You can fucking tell. And then other ones are like, this seems like it's pretty loose. <laughs> uh, I feel like I can do what I want here. I yeah. Like kind of like you, you just get the vibe. Like, oh, this is a commercial about, you know, whatever. And be like, they can't be taking this too seriously. <laughs> so whereas if you go in for like prudential or something, oh, look, yeah. this is, you got to hit the beats of this. This is important. Yeah, or State Farm or whatever. It's like this is about insurance and there is, you know, although yeah. those, those ads have gotten a little more fun, but still. Yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of actors. <laughs> good, good segue. Good segue, man. Please take it away. So this week, you know, it's another kind of, uh, idea out of not thin air, but instead of yeah. just going like, Best movies about X or Y or whatever. The upcoming movie Lost City has Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Yeah. And we were yeah. like, that's an interesting pairing. Right. And then it just got us thinking of, all right, can we come up with any other interesting pairings of male and female, uh, actors and actresses? Right. And just throw them into movies that we had to create a new movie and a log line for said movie. Yeah. But that was the blueprint of it. It's just like, okay, we have. The female actress in Sandra Bullock and the male actress or male actor rather in Channing Tatum. Right. What else can we come up with using that as the framework? Um, so that's how that's our jumping off point for today. So that's our goal is to come up with 10 pairings and 10 movie pitches. Uh, I can't imagine we're going to have any crossover. To, you know, <laughs> Who can say? Who can yeah. Say? The, the group mind on this, if we actually do, would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is the starting guy. I got the response on the text that I just sent out. So oh, okay, I just okay. looked down and read it and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had that happen to me too. And like, okay, good. I'm not crazy on this. Please, please help. Um, it's above the Hooters, and this happens to but, me. Oh, shit. So it's the stair? Okay, and the stairs, and then around. Gotcha. Will uh, you be here when I'm done? Because I'd like to come back and talk to you. <laughs> that place, I, uh, it was the first time it ever happened to me where I went in for the audition, and then I was out of town for a family event. My yeah. agent knew I was going to be gone. Right. But the callback was when I was out of town, and I told him, I was like, I'm sorry, man, I'm gone. And yeah. he knew it, too. And then I got a call back a few days later and was like, well, the director really liked your tape originally. So you're on avails if the first guy can't do it. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. I didn't book the job, but it's like, oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Nice to be on avail though. Yeah. 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 The one that chapped my ass the most, I was almost the face of the post office. That, oh, that wow. generic white guy that was yeah. the face of the post office for like oh, six man. years. Yeah. Yes. I was. Fucking second place on that. Oof. Yeah, that would have been a nice payday. That would have been a really nice payday. That's it's not quite flow from progressive, but it would have been good money for yeah. years on end. Oof. Damn. Yeah. That would have been nice. That would have been nice. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> the guy that got it did a great job. Good for him. Yeah. I don't care. 
Shout Hopefully out. he's an actor and that uh, fulfilled some ambition of his and his, you know, family was happy and who cares? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess it's about to, this is the way the show works. Uh, we each go our separate ways, come up with our top 10 list. We come back. Um, uh, Matt uh, does the first three. I do my next three. Then we do uh, the next two. And Matt does the next two. Well, Matt does the next two. I do the next two. Then we take a break. And then uh, in our top fives, we just go uh, trading back and forth. Five, four, three, two, one. <coughs> at the end, we put the list together. There you go. So, uh, Matt, start us off. What do we got here at 10? Okay. So I'm sure you it. had some trouble it. with this like I did. Oh, God. You like, yes. Yeah. I created a list of actors and a list of actresses mm. and then just kind of sat and stared at them. I was like, okay, what pairings can I come up with that are interesting yeah. or unique? And the also the goal of this was to put people together that we hadn't seen yes. on film. Right. We may have screwed that up, but it was part of the goal. I don't know if it was a hard and fast rule, but it was like, a, hey, try and come up with duos that we've never seen Yes, uh, as well. So that – my number, my nine and 10, I, I'm not actually eight, nine and 10. It's like, I think the pitches need work. <laughs> okay. To be perfectly honest. I think after that, I really hit a groove, especially oh. like six through one. Nice. Okay. Yeah. You know, pat on the back here, but of I think course. there's some actually some, some decent movies in there. Okay. Uh, so at 10, I've got Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. Ooh. So boots on the ground, Idris. And Grand Vision impresario Tilda run a covert assassin boutique shop for high-end yet discreet clients until one day on a job they realize they've been set up and now must determine which of their clients decided to do them in. Wow. So I'm thinking like Tilda can be there on the scene but also is behind like helping planning and all that. And then Idris Uh is more of the face of the operation out there kind of smooth and suave. And I was just like, this is an unlikely duo. What if X and Zephyr, whatever the fuck that was called, yeah, uh, was actually any good? I never saw that movie. I just know it was trash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but that is my pairing. I'm not a hundred percent sold on it. I think it needs work to be perfectly okay. honest. I like it. It's a good combo. It's a good combo of people. Very strong English actors. So I'm down. They're both really good actors. Yeah. I agree. They're so I think if, yeah. if you craft a strong enough screenplay, this could work. But I also could interchange quite a few people. There's a number of uh, individuals that I wanted to fit into these, but I just couldn't right. find a pairing that sparked an idea in my head between them. Yeah, yeah. And in this one, I think Tilda is the odd person out. Yeah. But I also like the fact that they are just such polar opposites. Yeah. That it could hypothetically work in the context of this. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I like I the know. idea. There could can be I something. You? Can I ding you for them being in Infinity War together? I don't think I can. I don't think I can. Because they're not the leads. They're not the leads. Yeah, they're not the leads, and he's out in seven seconds. Yeah, he is out in seven seconds. And she's only in it for like a a minute and a half, two minutes, like talking to Ruffalo. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, that's that's an end game. So she's not Infinity War. Oh, that's true. There you go. So yeah, I think you're. I think you're good. Think you're safe. Yeah, I don't see her. I'm looking at the cast. I was thinking she might be in it, but she's not. So there you go. All right, that's a nice choice. All right, what's your? Uh, obviously, it's not a pairing I have. So what's your nine? Uh, yeah. So there's no punt there. 
No, I feel like I let you keep going. So no, there's no punt there. Okay. Go Just ahead. let me know if there's a punt at any point. Oh, yes, a thousand percent. Okay. Um, the next one I've got Zoe Saldana and Jim Carrey. Ooh, nice. Good choice. So, mm. Carrey is a lifelong resident of a mental, a mental institution. Wow. Who wow. claims to speak with luminaries from the past. Okay. And news doctor Zoe takes a special interest in helping him lead a fuller life until one day she sees Jim conversing with a ghost. Mm. And now she must help liberate him from this place and set right a lifetime of wrongs. Wow. Okay. So at first I was thinking like maybe it's some sort of like imaginary animals that he's seeing, but then she sees it and I was like, I don't know, does that get too cutesy and stupid? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you do luminaries from the past, it kind of opens it up and frees. This could be a darker movie. This could be lighthearted, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not lighthearted, so to speak, but something like Awakenings where there's some moments of joy. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, in the mix, midst of this overall potentially depressing movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can find sparks of this. Uh, and then the supernatural element is, I don't know, it's interesting. I think Carrie could play the duality of that character of someone who doesn't feel that they're crazy, but the world does. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and then Zoe's got all the compassion in the world. I, I could definitely believe that she's a doctor that comes in yeah. and just sees him as like, wow, he's been here. For almost his entire life. Like that's yeah. terrible. And just tries to be proactive and making his life better. Yeah. Within the institution and then realizes, holy shit, either I'm crazy along with him or right. no one else has been able to see this until now and trying to convince the world. And I think there's, I don't know, there's an interesting movie in there somewhere. I like that. That sounds awesome to be honest with you. Cause I mean, throwing in the, um, what do you call it? Throwing the, uh, metaphysical aspect of it all. I think that throws, uh, or the otherworldly aspect of it, I think it throws a lot of, uh, interesting, gives it a lot of interesting places to go. So, yeah. I like that idea. Plus, it's a nice challenge for Jim Carrey to play a character like this. Yeah, I was thinking in my head, Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Like, I, I started with Zoe and I was looking at her and then mm-hmm. in the side list, and I had other ones. At first, I put down Chris Pine. I was like, God, they'd be a great duo. And I was like, five minutes later, what about Star Trek, asshole? <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh. I will say I don't have Chris Pine on my list. I tried to think of something for Chris Pine. Oh yeah, that could have been good. But everything I kept coming up with were basically reskins of movies he's already done, and I was like, yeah. that doesn't seem fair to him. Yeah, yeah, like I came up with a Hell or High Water until I realized he was in Hell or High Water, and then I came up, I did it a couple times, and I was like, why am I so blind to this? Even though I really like the guy's work. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I started with Zoe and I was like, okay, what, what type of character have I not seen her play? Right. And I settled on doctor and then I just scanned the list. And then I, once I saw Carrie, I thought of eternal sunshine, even though he wasn't a doctor in that. Yeah. Uh, and then started formulating the, the idea there, but I think there's something there. There's Oh, absolutely. There's something there. I like it. Potentially. Is it maybe more of a Netflix movie as opposed to a theater movie? I would imagine most of these are the way cinema's going currently. Yeah. Uh, Who cares? It pays. Who cares? Yeah, well, you know, it does well enough. It does well enough. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, right. so that's that's my nine. Okay, what's your eight? Not a punt once again. <laughs> no, not a punt. Not a, you know. Although you are using people I've got on my list, it's not a punt, right? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, my next one is, okay, it's a trio. 
Okay. Oh, you cheating son of a bitch. Well, it's my only trio. You'll see why in a second. Okay. All right. So you have Sarah Paulson, Jody Foster, and Pedro Pascal. Ooh, good combo. So married couple, Jody and Sarah okay. can't settle on a surrogate father. Okay. I like so that. one day randomly in a crowd, they just select Pedro Pascal because they can't, they can't settle on anything. So they select him, not realizing he's a professional slacker and con man. And now have to spend the rest of the movie convincing him it's the right thing to do, which ultimately he succumbs to. And, you know, spoiler alert, becomes a better man because of it. Wow. I so like- it's just like got a little heart of gold. Something, you know, like- it, it crosses. A, it, it's a not quite a four quadrant picture, but it's right. close. Right. And I could, we've already seen Pedro play a con man in Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. Yeah. So to see that, that type of character have some sort of form of redemption in uh-huh. this, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, for some reason that seeing the list, I was like, this is the idea that formulated. I don't really have much beyond that. I just believe that Pedro could pull this off. I like that. And it's originally I'd cast two straight actresses and I was like, well, that seems like. It's going to create too much controversy. Yeah. 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 Uh, if we're going to have them be a lesbian couple, why wouldn't we just use lesbian actresses? Fair enough. There, yeah. There are plenty of excellent ones out there. So yeah. then I just reformulate. So those other two actresses did not make my list. I like it. Uh, I think there's something there. That's absolutely. I, I think that's great. I mean, it reminded me a little bit of what the Vince Vaughn one where he's like delivery service or whatever it was where everyone's like, uh, he has to go and find out all his brothers and sisters that because that he doctor. Is- Oh, okay. Yeah. The doctor was the sperm donor who got all those people pregnant. And so now they're all kind of related. So they have to kind of find each other and he's trying to save their or re- correct their lives or fix their lives. Uh, and that's kind of his way of, that's his way of like kind of dealing with the fact that this has happened and he's discovered this truth in his world. So I like it, dude. It's good. I dig that shit. Especially because Pedro is such a, he can play that guy. <laughs> obviously we saw him in Wonder Woman 84. Not that great of a movie, but we saw that he has that gear. Yeah. To play kind of a, a, a shyster or a huckster and having him kind of turn that around as people love him in Mandalorian, you can take advantage of those moments as well. So yeah. Well, that new trailer for the unbearable weight of yeah. massive talent. Yeah. Massive yeah. talent. <laughs> looks fantastic, by the it's way. It's getting great reviews. So it looks fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait. Um yeah. Um all right, so that's your eight. That is my eight. No punt again. So then my number 10 is uh, Steve Carell and Melissa McCarthy. Okay. Yeah. Both of them need a hit, man. I really think both of them need a hit. I mean, I, I enjoy Space Force. I really like that show. Uh, and so the season two just came out. I'm halfway through it now. Really like him in that show. Um, but he's, you know, he hasn't had a big hit in a while. So I thought True. him and McCarthy, who also hasn't had a big hit in a while, is stuck in Netflix. Uh, but she's been kind of leaning towards doing a little more of these dramas. So I, mm-hmm. I thought this could be a fun dramedy uh, with them as a brother and sister whose father dies. Um, and their father says in the will that only one of them is going to get his fortune. And the one who is able to complete the mission, and he sends them both on two separate missions, if they can complete the mission – uh, then whoever c- completes it first, rather, is the one who will have dibs on the money. And what you find out is uh, eventually the missions inter- intersect 
And apparently there have been issues between them for quite some time between the brother and sister. And this is uh, their father's last attempt to get them to kind of make up with each other and learn to live together. And hoping, he hopes, that they both cross the finish line together uh, on their missions so that they can share um, share the money. And so that's the whole thing. And all these kind of hilarious madcap situations uh, um, happen to them as they're in environments that they're not used to being at all. Um, because they've both been kind of privileged, uh, arrogant jerks in their own lives. Sure. Because of the damage of their relationship and their relationship with their father and what have you. So all of this kind of gets, uh, confronted. They get confronted with all of it as they go in on this because of, um, uh, wanting the money. Of course, they initially they reject it and say it's stupid. But then each of them in their own time comes to the executor and says they'll do it. So um, I love it. We were supposed to come up with like a two to three sentence log line. <laughs> is, that the whole, is that the whole film? Sorry about that. Okay. No, no I like it because it sold me. It, so I don't know. If that's your 10, I can't <laughs> believe – I can't wait for nine through one. That's a, <laughs> That to me is since they already have working relationships with Netflix – that's yeah. like a six episode season right there. Done. Oh yeah. That could Done. be a six episode season. Yeah. It's like good. this doesn't need to extend beyond this, but it seems like if you really want to get into the shenanigans, yeah, you could extend this out and make the side missions a little bit more so that by episode like four, they do the crossover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're off on their own for long enough. You know, episode one, they're together. Episodes right. two and three, they're off doing their own thing. Four, they come back. Mm-hmm. Five, they're still butting heads. Six, they come together. Done. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, no, um, I like that. I think that's okay. Thank you. All right, you sold me. Let's get that in front of uh, producers. Let's do it. Get that yeah, to give away ideas for free on this show. All <laughs> these are copyrighted, by the way. Nobody can steal these fucking ideas. Um, all right. I don't know if that'll hold up in court, but okay. <laughs> well, I feel like it's recorded, so we've got evidence that we came up with these ideas first. Um, my number nine is uh, Brie Larson and Matthew McConaughey. Okay. And McConaughey is this. What remember? In, was it Spy Game? Where uh, or which one was it? Where Robert Redford was like manipulating Brad Pitt. And Spy then Game, the, right? And then you had the other one with Russell Crowe and DiCaprio. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. That wasn't the Three Days One. State of Play was that State, State of Play? Of That's play? it. State of Play. Right. Right. So this is kind of in that vein where McConaughey is a handler, and he's kind of at the end of his rope and he's about to possibly get let go. Um, and this has come across his desk and it's very topical um, because it's about um, Brie Larson, him bringing Brie Larson in who has sworn off being a part of the spy game, being a part of undercover work. Cause she, the last one um, she had to kill two people in order to get out of it. Um, but he's bringing her in to infiltrate uh, a white supremacist organization for a possible attack on a United States monument of some sort. So he brings her in and it becomes a thing where they have to work together, but there's real division in how she wants to do it and how he wants to do it. Okay. Uh, and this is a way to expunge her record, that classic cliche of expunging a record. But it's what they discover, what she discovers as she's going deeper into the white supremacist organization and who they're connected to that McConaughey knows in his chain of command. So it becomes that kind of thing that, uh, uh, and then I'm not going to give away the ending, obviously, but that's 
what it leads to. To this uh, fictitious movie. We're talking about the real one. I don't want to give away the ending to something that's never going to happen. And I just made up in my mind. So, yeah. So that's what I was um, thinking. Cause I mean, I think she, I think she'd do a gritty, you know, a lot of people bash her and bash her acting, but I think Bree's got a steel to her and to bring that steel in and shake that steel up a little bit. And McConaughey is quite charming and also can be quite ruthless in certain movies. You've seen Killer Joe when he wants to get something. Mm-hmm. And so to have that combo of those two, I think could be really interesting. Um, yeah, it, it definitely could. Especially if he finds, if she finds out that like the guy two or the woman two or three levels above him is connected and funding this white supremacist organization, how that affects what he's doing, um, and what have you and how that affects his, his, how can I say this? His mortality. Like his, is he in danger, uh, for his life? So could be. Yeah. And so is she. I, I, I think the concept is really interesting. I mean, basically it's spy game meets that Daniel Radcliffe where he plays an agent who infiltrates the white, uh, uh, right. supremacist group. Right, right, right. Um, but hey, which, I mean, sorry, sorry, Matt, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, there's a lot to that. I just, yeah, the Brie is where I have the question. Yeah, I know. I know. A lot well, it's just like sometimes she's awesome and other times I think she's wooden. Yeah. And it's just like, which Brie am I getting? I don't know. Which I wrote her work? down, but I never really thought, you know, seriously considered her. The wooden could work though because it makes it hard to read. Is she telling the truth? Is she not telling the truth? Yeah, but if I was a producer, it'd be like, can we get Amy Adams? <laughs> no, can we get small? I'd rather have someone who can fight. Bree shown she can fight. She can handle herself. But I hear you. But I hear you. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, we're on the heels of hearing about Ginny Thomas, so I think it's possible. That's what inspired me, you know, the fact that she went to the January 6th rally and whatever. Anyway, um, so then my number eight is uh, Will Smith and J-Lo. Okay. <laughs> In a movie that will never be greenlit. Go ahead. I lo- I'm not against the idea, but it's just like, I can't imagine what producer, production company, and studio was like, yep, winning combo. This is going to make hundreds of millions. Why not? Look, they're both... Um, Will former, Smith star is waning and J-Lo is not, is, it's not box office, but I, I love the pairing. She just did marry me, which apparently did well on Peacock from what they're saying. <laughs> Listen to that statement. <laughs> Listen to that statement. I'm saying, but Will Smith has Bel Air, his, his, you know, the dramatic version of Bel Air. He's the executive producer of that on Peacock as well. So this will obviously stream on Peacock. Okay. All right. You've already found a home for it. Yeah, I found a home. Okay. For it. So I'm lowering my expectations. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and this one is, um, kind of, um, how can I say this? This is an exploration of them and their child. Their child gets a disease of some kind and they are parents who are working class parents, blue collar parents. They're barely making it as a couple. There are cracks in their connection. And once the child was diagnosed with this stuff, uh, it really exposed the cracks in their relationship and they find out that the kid was diagnosed because of some, um, miscare by a company. So they kind of have to rally, uh, to find out, uh, and go what happened and how the company is responsible and fight the company. The problem is that they live in a community where three quarters of the people are employed by that company. 
So they have to battle that as well as they're trying to save their child. And so people who they thought were their friends turn on them uh, and other people come out of the woodwork to support them that they had kind of dismissed or not uh, connected to. Uh, so it's – and maybe either Will or J-Lo works at that company as well when they find out this stuff. So I don't know. Just throwing it out there. I, you know, it could work. I just I – mean, uh... Will need Will's great in dramas. I love concussion. I haven't Look, seen King Richard is he's excellent in King Richard. Richard. He's he great is. Richard, yeah. I couldn't oh. tell you the last thing I saw J Lo in. Made in Manhattan. <laughs> well, that's on you, bro. She's been working a lot. There was that one where she was a stripper, right? Where it was yeah, hustlers. Like potential yeah, yeah Oscar she buzz. She was good in hustlers. Uh but I uh, legitimately, I mean it's been a long time since I saw something where I was like, J Lo, all right. Yeah, I mean, remember, this is the same girl that out of sight. So she can go toe-to-toe. Yeah, with out of sight in Saluna, but that was 20 years ago. Yeah, well, maybe I bring Soderbergh back to direct this thing. And I've got myself a possibility. <laughs> this movie is great in 1994. <laughs> this thing is crazy box office in 94. Actually, probably yeah, a little bit later than that. I but... bringing this up for your, you know, you're tearing it down, for God's sake. I thought we were just... I, I'm not line. trying to tear it down. I didn't tear any of your stuff down, man. Come on. I apologize. That is, yes, it's not the, I just wasn't, the first one was such a great idea. Thank you. At, the, at 10, I'm like, wow, I can't wait to see what nine through one are. <laughs> well, see, you set up your own expectation. I, that's I, true. I, I, don't, I don't do it this way. For that's me, it's true. about their stardom at where they're at. That's where I've placed it. And so that's, so not necessarily yep. the power or the log line of the, of the film. It's more a matter of the stardom. And that's why Corella McCarthy are down here. Larson <laughs> McConaughey are down here. So are Will Smith and JLo. Um, so yeah, so there you go. Yeah. I just think that McCarthy Carell, that's a sellable idea. Sure. But who it's are you going genuinely... to write it? Who are you going to attract to? to uh, yeah. But if you go and you pitch that, stage. yeah, I, sure. I could easily see that being made. Yeah. Plus because it's a comedy, the budget is going to be lower than any number of other things that you come up with, which helps green light it that much faster. Very true. And there are two people you could see working together and enjoying their each other's company. Boom, another feather in your cap. I don't know. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I'm not saying the other two ideas aren't, you know, good ideas. These uh, are all sellable, David. Come on. In the right market, yeah, sure. <laughs> Anything <laughs> sellable. The thing is, there's going to be a slowdown in the streaming wars, so it's going to be hey, tougher to sell projects. Let's start the top ten streaming com. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're Taskmaster, and we're just going to start our own streaming service? Just going to do it, man. Sign up. Um, all right, what's your number seven? Uh, seven is uh, – you want to talk about just a log line that gets to the point. Mm. <clears throat> Daniel Kaluuya, Margot Robbie, small-time thieves decide to up their game and topple a casino. Ooh. It's Ocean's Eleven meets the Smoke and Aces. Interesting. So you have like the smooth panache, but then there's just this menagerie of weird oddball characters mm-hmm. everywhere. And it's those two at the center and they start off, you know, whatever they're low rent crooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're nothing, but you can easily see these two transforming into the suave that you would need to, to be the center of the hurricane was yeah. all the stupid shit happens around them. And yeah. it's just the two of them looking cool as shit, robbing a casino. I think. Boom, that sells. I already have Bay, Bruckheimer, and Snyder fighting to produce this. Wow. <laughs> Fits all of their wheelhouses. 
Especially Snyder. He's like, oh yeah, this, this team up movie thing. I'm all about it lately. Yeah. yeah. So I am definitely going to do this. I think I'm going to go with, uh, Zach. Yeah. First. Okay. He's got, he's got a little bit more heat right now. Does he? Oh, okay. Good. And he's got a working relationship with Margo. Oh, he uh, does. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think this is done deal. I, I, Literally, that's all I wrote down for it. Small time crooks, blah, blah, blah. Right. That side to up their game, take down a casino. I'm done. I'm walking out of the room. I love it. I've sold that idea. Yep. A thousand percent. Easy. Yeah. Just walk on out. Yep. Walking straight out of that room. I don't need to add all the layers of here's their backstory and here's, that's not what this movie's about. This movie is about two small time <laughs> crooks trying to up their game and rob a casino, but done. Easy. Second audience time. gets it. It's pretty people doing cool shit. No doubt. No doubt. And yeah, I'm all, I mean, you could sub in other people. You can fill in the cast around them. Um, yeah. See, I don't know if I want to go full oddball like smoking aces. Right. But something like Ocean's Eleven where there's a ton of other people populating this screen, but basically we're just following these two. They are in every scene pretty yeah. much. I like it. Done. I'm walking out of that. I just made myself a nice six figure minimum check. At least. For a one sentence log line. Done. I wish I had a mic to drop in the room. <laughs> Sexual chocolate. Exactly. That boy is good. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Give me a golf clap as I walk out and be like, thank you. Thank you. And I'm done. Oh, perfect. I love it. <laughs> I like Margot Robbie too. So, and she needs a hit for God's sakes. Um, I don't care what you say about birds of prey. She needs a hit. Um, Suicide Squad. I mean, that's an ensemble piece, bro. That wasn't even. Yeah, but she was kind and, of the face of it. And who was talking about her? I mean, they were all talking about Ratcatcher <laughs> or Peacemaker. So, uh, yeah, she was good in the movie. I'm not going to say she was good in the movie. She was good in the movie, but she wasn't the selling point necessarily when you finished watching the movie. Um, all right, what's your six? Uh, my six is Mark Ruffalo and Meryl Streep. Ooh, uh, okay. So well, it comes from, I feel like they've done something, but maybe not. Go ahead. Uh, I looked it up. I didn't yeah, come up with it. Maybe. Uh, what's your, what's your pitch on them? I'm looking it up now. Did I? Oh, okay. I don't see anything. Let's see. Captain Marvel? No. Well, all the King's men, but. Is that an ensemble piece? Do they have any? Yeah, stuff? it's a huge ensemble piece. And actually, is she in that? I don't think she's in that. Yeah, I don't know if she's in that. Yeah, I don't think they've done anything together. Okay. okay. Well, if I screwed it up, I screwed it up. I don't see anything, dude, so I think you're fine. Um, it was just well, yeah. It comes from – so the YouTube algorithm at one point suggested the Graham Norton show. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I put – Clips of that on in the background while I'm doing other shit. Yeah, I like that show. Yeah, it's good. He they, yeah. he creates an environment where it genuinely seems like they're having a good time. Yeah. Not the contrived James Corden, we're all best friends. Like, I don't buy that, James. Um, oh, no. Whereas, James. No. Yeah. no uh, and seems uh, unlikable by all accounts. But yeah. What do I know? I've never met the man, but I haven't heard good stories. Let's put it that way. Uh Okay. So it comes from a clip of theirs that I saw a while back. It was it, during the pandemic at some point where I don't know, but not in recent history. 
Okay. Where the two of them were on the couch together and they had great chemistry. And then he makes a compliment towards her, which she was saying that once she turned 40, she got offered, uh, two roles for witches. Ooh, interesting. And she, she was like, so that apparently that's what Hollywood thinks of you. And Mark said something along the lines of, oh, that happened like just a couple of years ago. Uh huh. And she was like, oh, you son, and comes in for a kiss. And the look on his face was like, I can't believe I just got to kiss Meryl Streep. I'm beyond excited. And they had a good chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, they, they seem like a fun pairing. Totally. Uh, so that's where I was just like, when we set out to do this list, that was the first pairing in my head. Right. So Mark plays a cop of over two decades who receives news from his doctor that he needs a new heart. Ooh. And one day on the other side of the country, Merrill's oldest son in his early thirties dies suddenly in a car crash, car crash and had, had elected previously to donate all of his organs. Wow. Mark receives the heart and Merrill asks to hear it beat one more time. Over the course of them bonding, the two slowly fall in love. Oh, man. (laughs) It's got everything. That's good stuff. That is potential Oscar. Yeah. Right there. Meryl's going to get nominated regardless. We already know that for a fact. It's whether or not Mark gets nominated that really elevates the project. Okay. But we've got death of a child. Yeah. One guy who's about to die and then gets this life-saving treatment and the two of them coming together and then basically just like a, he wants to know about her son. Yeah. Whose heart he now carries with him. So she gets to reminisce about all the amazing things that he was. Yeah. And then starts to see a lot of those things in him and Mark. We do flashbacks to all the amazing things that he's done as a cop and the trials and tribulations. Right. And then slowly the two of them just become closer and closer and by the end of it fall in love. This is good stuff. Done. I'm like telling it. you, that thing gets nominated for at least like probably her. Okay. Maybe a screenplay and like a, a set design or costume design or something. Okay. I, th- I think this minimum three Oscar type of movie. Oh, Jesus Christ. Minimum. Well, I'm saying nomination. I'm not saying we win, but I'm saying minimum three nominations. There's possibly a fourth for roughly. <laughs> I think unless it's excellent. The director gets iced hilarious. out on this. Hilarious. Hilarious. It's got a shot, dude. It's going to pull at all the right heartstrings. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The Academy, it's got a lot of the stuff the Academy loves, especially an older white person yeah. as one of the leads. Okay. I'm telling you, this thing's, this thing's got legs. All right. I'm not, I'm not uh, saying it doesn't. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying, you know, there are a lot of those films that like you think, oh, this is totally got Oscars written all over it. And then. You wake up Oscars morning and there's no nominations. So you just never know. It's one of those films. It depends on who yeah, you get as a director, I feel like. It depends on who you get as a director. Well, I mean, we've already – so many people have lined up to do this. Really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. So many people. The most interesting, though, yeah, because he wants to harken back to something he's previously done, is Clint yeah. Eastwood. Wow. Like, you really okay. trust Clint Eastwood and Meryl Streep together again. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, wow, there's a lot of friction. So long as she's on board with it, we're willing to consider. We are willing to consider. I don't know. These liberal kids, they don't like a red state director like uh, Clint Eastwood. I mean, they don't. Richard Jewell got completely shuttered, and that was a fantastic fucking movie. Well, my first choice is Sam Mendes, but I'm not sure he wants the project. Sam Mendes is a nice choice. He already said, he's like, I've neglected to spend time with my family as of late, (laughs) so I'm not sure. And I'm like, 
Sam, we can adjust the shooting schedule. Cause I think this is like a 60 day project, man. At most, we might be able to bang this out in like 30 to 40. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, it's, has he been neglecting his family? He only, he hasn't done a movie in three years. <laughs> He's been working on projects though. That's what you don't know. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Well, just like, uh, oh, much I, like Kubrick. Working on that Napoleon project for ten years that never oh, came to right. fruition. Good point. Good. Sam's got a few of those in the hopper, yeah. and he's like, "I've been jet setting around trying to do research on these." And I was like, "Dude, there is no research on this." Uh, <laughs> so I, yeah, yeah. we're close. I'm not sure though, but we're close. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. P.T. Anderson said he wants in, but. <sighs> As much as I love him, I'm not sure his aesthetic really fits with this one. That's a so, two-hour, 45-minute movie. Yeah. At least. So I don't know if and it's get out of there. You know, it's not a collection of vignettes on this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so we got we got some nice buzz. Okay. But uh, Mark and Meryl are already attached. So I think oh. eventually we're going to find okay. you know, the right combination of people. But what do you got at seven? Uh, my seven is Michelle Yao and Keanu Reeves. Okay. Keanu Reeves is a regular guy working his job, clocking in and out. His mom has died years ago and he gets this weird letter. And when he opens up the letter, he finds out that his (coughs) mom is still alive and his mom is Michelle Yao. So he flies to China. To find out what's going on, because there are clues here as he goes to explore why. And you find out that his mom had witnessed some kind of murder when he was younger and got put into witness protection program and sent to China. And so he's got to find out what it is that she witnessed. And there are people invested in him not finding her. And eventually, well, I'm not going to say what happens, obviously, because I don't want to ruin the movie for people who are going to watch it in about 10 years. But Smart. <laughs> Smart. You gotta always leave one more. Hold back a little bit. But what you find out is the, it's the assassination of a very important person. And when he does, cause he will obviously logically end up catching up with him, <coughs> the conversation about how could you do this? How could you leave me for all these years? I thought you died, but you're alive. Um, there is a, uh, kind of coming together to, escape the people who don't want her to don't want her to reveal what she knows. And then eventually I'm not going to give it away, but that's the move. So I think something needs to have happened in witness protection that she flees on her own to mm-hmm. China. Cause I don't know why witness protection would send to another country. Yeah. That's Unless what you have a good reason in there. Yeah. But to be out of their jurisdiction so they wouldn't be able to protect her. So maybe like somebody came at her in witness protection and then she fled to China or yeah. something. I don't know. Well, possibly, possibly. But I think, you know, that, that we do have relationships with China. So maybe it was in both the country's best interests for her to go back to the country of her. Or I think Michelle Yao is, is Chinese. I'm pretty sure she's Chinese. That sounds right. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry if I, uh, to anyone, I, I might be offending by not knowing that offhand. Um, yes, she's the daughter of, uh, she, oh, I'm sorry, she's Malaysian. She was born in Malaysia, so I apologize. So maybe Malaysia. We can move her to Malaysia. That's possible. 
Oh, she is of Han Chinese descent. Okay, there we go. And spoke English and Malay before Chinese, but she does speak Chinese. So, you know, Michelle Yao is kind of making this comeback. We got that movie coming up, Everything Everywhere All at Once. There's yeah, it looks great. John, it looks, looks great. There's a new John Wick movie coming. So they're still at the top of the demand of the game. So to have him be her son, and, you know, he's been getting more and more into the Asian films, showing up in these Asian films, like 47, 47 Ronin. Ronin. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't think she was in. Please, God, don't tell me she was in it. No, she wasn't. Okay, good. So I don't think they're <coughs> together. So it could be a lot of fun to have. And it's, this is not a kung fu situation or any martial arts situation. Yeah. It's actually a more low-key drama, thriller, suspense thriller, with them together and eventually coming together as mother and son and outwitting the people that mm-hmm. are coming after them. Yeah, I think it's it's a good idea. I like the, you. you know, gets the letter and finds out that she's still alive after all these years. Yeah. And and how does he, you know, who sends the letter? Why did they send the letter? Mm-hmm. And what's their ultimate agenda by sending him the letter to send him down this path? You know, that's what we, that's what they find out near the end of the movie. So. <laughs> Don't spoil it though. Don't spoil it. You know, <sighs> what if somebody does listen to this and wants to get, make one of these ideas? How crazy would that be? We can sue them. We can sue them. Or they no, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying they do right by. Oh, whoever's idea it is amongst the two of us. Yeah, fair. And approaches and says, I'd like to make this. This is a Lennon McCartney situation. I hate to break. We're both getting paid off whatever idea they chose. Okay. Oh, really? So if it's your idea, I'm getting a piece? You're getting a piece. Yes. And if it's your idea, I'm getting a piece. Do we, do we want to state what kind of piece? I think think 50 50 split is ridiculous. That's unfair. I agree with you. Maybe a 70 30 is fair. 70. Okay. Fair enough. 70 30. What you don't know is I'm going to uh, back to the future you and yeah. be like, this thing did not – I actually didn't make any money on this. <laughs> We're losing money. The marketing Gump. budget on this was $7 billion. You're going to force gut me with Tom Hanks. Yeah, I just got to – dude, I hate to break it to you. We we made no money off Forrest Gump. What are you talking about? Yeah. $900 million. No, it didn't. They paid me in Dogecoin, and uh, that thing took a nose knife. Fucking Dogecoin. Uh, (laughs) to the moon unfortunately the moon went down to the bowels of the earth and we did not do well on this project all right fair enough 70 30 split i think that's fair oh sure whosever idea it is gets the 70 percent um but we're both producers on the film that's that way you know we get some credits out of it uh let's see so uh my number six is uh, zoe zaldana and denzel washington okay yeah. I like uh, this already. This is a smaller independent film. I don't know if anybody's going to see this film. I don't know if anybody's going to see this film. But the script has attracted Denzel and Zoe. And what we find, what we discover is Zoe is a woman in a mental ward. And she's interesting. Being, she's being kept kind of, um, what do you call it? Um, medicated. Um, and in her delusions, she sees Denzel who is her dad, who has passed on. And so she has these interactions with her father as she's trying to figure out why she's been medicated, what it is that has severely medic. Why are they severely medicating her? Why are they diagnosing her in this way? And as she 
starts to kind of navigate her way out of the hole, Denzel becomes initially an obstacle, but then eventually an assistant because obviously she's manipulating how Denzel is appearing in her mind without mm-hmm. knowing how she's. So this is, and she's, she can't, reality versus the delusions, all of this. Um, and you do find out what it is that, uh, why it is that she's been getting medicated, who is in charge of her getting medicated. Uh, and, uh, um, she, and, and if she climbs out of this whole situation or if there's a twist ending, she falls deeper into it and realizes that this is a better place for her to be lost in the do- dreams and illusions, uh, with her dad. So just throwing it out there. It's interesting that we both managed to put Zoe in a mental ward. On oh, some oh that's right. I forgot yours was in a mental ward. That's right. Shit, I was more caught up in the fact that it was Zoe Zeldana. But yeah, is but it's it similar just, to yours? I don't think it's similar to yours. No, no. Well, it's on the flip side. She's a doctor helping Jim Carrey who's right. dealing with the delusions of ghosts. Right, right, right. That she sees along with him and then was like, oh, my God. That's cool. And yours is she's the one with the – it's just crazy that yeah. of all the actors or actresses to choose from, we both yeah. selected her and then put her in the same – uh, situation. Yeah. I, Cause I was just trying to get her out of action. I've seen her in a ton of action. I think she's excellent each and every time. So it's like, all right, give her something different to do. Right. Right. I have um, Jim Carrey coming up and he's not in a mental ward. So just letting you know or, or anything like that. So. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> I, I would have been shocked if he had Jim. I didn't honestly, Jim Carrey was a last minute addition. I had another oh, actor really? in there and I was like, I'm just not buying this. For him, I still like the setup of everything else, but I'm not yeah. buying it for him. And then I looked at the list again. I was like, Carrie with Eternal Sunshine, I could buy him existing in a wor- world where it's like this weird totally shit totally. going on around him while he tries to basically be the center of and calm. Yeah. I think I can add to it and make <laughs> a drug that's an experimental drug and they're using her as the main kind of test subject. Mm-hmm. So it could be even more like, um, how can I call it? Fantastical. Even like the cell with Jennifer Lopez. Not that she's chasing down a serial killer, but it's seeing what it is that – and then you find out why she was chosen because she knows something or whatever. And Denzel's the one that kind of like either helps her climb out of it to reveal the secret or tumble all the way back down and stay there forever and the secret's never revealed, which makes it kind of a 70s ending. How – Big, would you say Denzel's part is? Because right now it sounds like it's Zoe centric, and I don't know. It's do very Denzel. Yeah. yeah, do you think Denzel signs on? I love it. I wish this casting comes true. I think nowadays Denzel would absolutely sign on because I think Denzel likes to. I mean, if he's challenged by the world, the script is good enough. Denzel will sign on because it's a quick paycheck. He's in and out, does his scenes, and he's in and out. I'm, and he's I'm not saying it's not possible. Yeah. I just, uh, he still is the lead in his movies. Yeah. How many people went to see Den, uh, Tragedy of Macbeth, for God's sakes? Yeah, well, but he was the pulling. lead of it, you know? I think he's pulling. Like, I, I can't, it's tougher for me to see Denzel going the way of Tom Hanks, of occasionally taking it where you're the second role, like, uh, in the Elvis biopic that's coming. Yeah, it looks good. It does and doesn't to me, but. I'm not the Elvis expert fan, so. Yeah, what does Catherine think? Does she like? Uh, pretty much the same, but she's more jazzed about it than I am. Yeah. She has faith in Boz. Boz Lerman. Well, listen, here, since 2010, here are his movies. The Book of Eli, 
Well, uh-huh. didn't do that well. Unstoppable. Yeah, he's the lead. Didn't do that well. He's the lead. Safe house. Okay. He's the lead. Flight. He's yes. the lead. That one won. Or it got nominations for him. Two guns. He's sharing that with Wahlberg. Yeah. Unstoppable he's sharing with Pine, but I mean it's still like they're equal screen time. Yeah, he's sharing with Pine. The equalizer. He's the lead. Yeah. Magnificent Sevens ensemble. Him and Pratt, really. True. Fences is him and uh Viola. Uh-huh. Roman J. Israel, he's the lead. Equalizer two. Yeah, he's the lead. Same. The little things. I didn't see that. Right? It's either him and Jared Leto going after. Oh, that's yeah, the three person. Yeah, he's he's. I would call him the co-lead. Co-lead. Yeah. Yeah. In Tragedy of Macbeth, but that's all his films since 2010. That's it. So, I think he's quite fine doing a dipping down, dipping out. One. Quite possibly. I just think maybe you need to sweeten the deal and give him an EP credit. <laughs> I'll happily give Denzel an EP. I am just, it's, Denzel tends to lead on some capacity and. 1000%. I'll give him the, the, uh, EP credit. Well, it's taking a while, man. All right. Should we take a break before we jump in our time? Good pitches, man. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after we hear this word from our sponsor. All right, there we go. We are jumping into our top fives. You've gotten a slight bit laggy over the past second. Oh, have I? Well, let me dip back out and come back in then. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so we'll jump back into pitches here in just two seconds. Um, but so far, I think we both have some really good ideas here. I guess maybe I am poo-pooing more of uh, his. Uh, I don't mean to be. Although that Will Smith J-Lo, I don't think anybody green lights that. That's just me personally. Once you attach J-Lo to this. It's like, I, I, I'm not sure about that. The Brad Pitt, or not Brad Pitt, but the McConaughey Brie Larson, that's a personal choice, and I could be distinctly in the minority in that. Fair enough. And the Denzel and Zoe, I think that's a great idea. Curious as to whether or not Denzel signs on. But it's quite possible. Um, I think we both agree we got some bangers in our top five our respective top fives. I think that's totally doable. I got a couple of mine that I think are pretty good, to be perfectly honest. Pretty good. I like them. Um, All right. I disconnected and reconnected everything and then switched over to the Ethernet. Am I good now? You are good now. Okay, cool. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, What's your pick? So my five, (laughs) did you ever see the show The Outsider? Uh, it was like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So that's my, my pairing is. Oh yeah. With, uh, uh, yeah. Mendelssohn. Uh, yeah. The metaphysical thing. Yeah. 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 That was cool. So, I love that show. I, I, I found it really interesting. I didn't like that they opened up the possibility of a season two. Mm-hmm. And then it, I thought they should have just closed the door on it and been like, boom, one season and done. Cause it was super interesting. Right. That was just me though. Maybe season two is even more amazing, but I doubt it ever actually happens. Hmm. Um, so I, I paired Mendelssohn and Cynthia Revo. Okay. Both on that show that they had excellent chemistry together. Why not bring them back? Keep them in that same weird little dark world, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So here's my pitch. Think, uh, early 1800s. Okay. Deep in the heart of Louisiana, a pall has fallen over the village of Brousseau with Mendelssohn's kids falling victim, having run afoul of a demon. 
and he must enter the darkest recesses of the bayou in search Ooh. of the age, ageless Cynthia Revo, wow. the one woman a century before that bested this evil and its Ooh. faceless minions. Oof, that is, that is something. I think for a horror crowd, that is, it's unique. It sets a nice, uh, scope. Mm-hmm. I think they already have good chemistry together. And because neither of these two is a huge A level, the budget on this is going to be low. Yeah. So it totally could be made and turn a nice profit. Uh, because mm-hmm. it's horror and kids love to be scared. So high schoolers will go see this in droves and this could be like a paranormal situation where it cost 20 million and it made 250. Mm. So I like that. Okay. I think, I think for that reason alone, I get a few meetings. <laughs> the potential of the money be made. And I just thought they had really good chemistry and I was trying to think of something and I'm, uh, and I didn't realize until after I wrote up the log line, I was like, Oh, well they already did the, the outsider together, which was kind of this shade dealing with a character from whatever, a darker past or something. Right. right, right, right. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm not going to change it. They already exist. <laughs> Like I just, I think they have good chemistry together and I like the two of them. Right. So that's my number five. That's a good five. I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. That's a good five. What do you got? Uh, my five is Oscar Isaac and Anya Taylor Joy. Okay. So this is my Latino film set in the 1950s. He comes over to this country with his family, loses his wife to an illness. So he has mm-hmm. to raise his young daughter, and we don't see Anya Taylor Joy obviously until a little bit later on the movie. Raise his young daughter as a Latino, and she, of course, Anya Taylor Joy can go can clearly pass as white passing. She is Latino, full on Latino. Is she uh, really? Yes, yes, she is Latina. Um, hmm. She was born in Miami. Her family moved to Argentina, but she is called Latin America. Because her her um, I think her mom or dad is Spanish. Um, and so she's Latina, you know, not by, right. not by birth, by actual heritage. I just assumed, I mean, yeah. she, right. Cause she looks white, right? Oh, she looks, yeah. Yeah. White yeah. is wonder bread. Hey, um, yeah, her dad, Dennis Allen Taylor, that's as white of a name as you can get, but her mom is Jennifer Marina. So, um, she's Argentinian. He's British. So boom, combination of both. So she's got the Latina in her, but she's white passing. So, and of course, Oscar being a little bit lighter as a Latino, but he looks with the, you know, the brown hair and everything. Yeah. Clearly Latina. So it's about them um, living in the 1950s in America and what they experience and her kind of wanting to cut off her Latino roots to succeed, to do whatever, and him sacrificing so much to help her. And because of course, that's the last connection he has to his wife. And so we deal with these ideas of both coded racism and obvious racism. And then within the, the, um, within the actual family, this idea of seeing what is a value, what is in terms of skin color, in terms of being a part of the, so we see this as she goes along. Of course, we age Oscar Isaac as the film goes along as well. Yeah. Uh, and she comes to that moment where she realizes. Um, how to value her Latin heritage and what it's all about, um, and repairs the relationship in essence, 
with her father and comes to terms with it. And it isn't because everything fell apart. I really hate it when they have those movies where someone realizes all this shit because everything fell apart. Uh, cause mm-hmm. then it's almost like, well, I've got nowhere else to go. This is my safe harbor. It isn't sure. feel as authentic as everything is going well and I'm still not happy. Why am I not happy? What, what do I need to work out here? What's the problem? And then you find out what it is and she comes to embrace that as she hears one too many, you know, comments, um, about Latinos or about, uh, Latin people. And so uh, I, I would like, I think that, and it could go into the seventies, depending on how you want to age her up and whatever. So that's what my, my film is an exploration of a father, daughter, and the Latin experience in the 1950s in this country into possibly the 1970s and what have you, um, and how it's changed and how it has metamorphosized, um, and, uh, taken new, uh, looks, taken a new look. So. That's my pitch. I think it's an independent film. Yeah. And she, they're both hot enough to where there's Oscar buzz in the air for this one. Possibly. Sorry, let's turn on the light a little bit. Uh, I thought Oscar. you were sending Morse code to the Latino Oscars. For that reason. <laughs> to the Alma Awards. Give Is me that what it's called? Awards. Yeah, the Alma Awards. The American Latino what? Medical what? Association. No, I'm just kidding. Medical Association and they hand out the awards? That sounds more credible than a lot of these award shows. <laughs> uh, no, it's the American Latino Media, American Latino Media Arts Award. That's what the Alma Award is. Essentially the Latin Oscars. Huh. So yeah. yeah. The media seems clunky in that mix. Well. You gotta what? Re- refer to what it is, I guess, I suppose. So, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I like Oscar Isaac. Obviously, I love him. He doesn't do enough Latino roles. And so be nice to kind of mix him into this situation and Anya Taylor Joy, cause that makes you, and, and she can even confront the colorism and taking advantage of the colors and the fact that she's white passing. Mm-hmm. And that's been a thing nowadays. You know, a lot of within the Latin community, certainly we saw the reaction to in the heights and whatever. So the, yeah, I was about to say that Latin X yeah. backlash. Yep. All of it. So it could be a, an interesting way to explore it. If we have the right Latino writers and the right Latino director, I would, and I would want to get a female director, female Latina director to kind of put this in motion. And uh, I think he, I would assume that's what everybody would want in that. Right. He's Latino director for a costume piece or for a period piece with the costume. I mean, you could totally see him in a 1950s. Yeah. Dealing with, you know, that kind of situation. Yeah, she's already done it. We've seen her Queen's Gambit do it. Right. Use. Yeah, Queen's Gambit. Yeah. And then what? Right. Last night in Soho. I never saw it, but I know it's like oh. some takes place now, some takes place in the past. Yeah. The yeah. And some, yeah. yeah, distant past, but good movie. Good movie, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. I never loses, really heard all that much about it. Yeah. It's a good, it loses itself in the back half for about 10 minutes when they go way off the rails, but then it kind of comes back and ends mm-hmm. well. So. Um, well, congrats. Right. I think you have your first Oscar nominations on this list. Thank you. Uh, what's uh, your, what's your four? Get, get ready for my next Oscar buzz movie. Oh, all right. Here we go. So we have, uh, Dev Patel and Kate Winslet. Oh, damn. That's a nice combo, bro. So Kate is a widowed oh. matron of a large estate outside of Delhi. <laughs> who's oblivious to the struggle of the average Indian person until she meets Dev, who educates her to the inequality of the system 
and soon joins the struggle for Indian independence. Wow. You're sitting this during Gandhi times. Pretty much. Like 1940s. I think they got their full independence in 1947. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So some, somewhere along those lines where it's a period piece yeah. about the breaking off the shackles of the Great British Empire, which yes. is something this country definitely loves discussing. Oh, totally. totally. Uh, yeah. Kate Winslet, Dev Patel is another hot young actor. Yeah. Um, you know, the discussion in the mix of, will he get a nomination for Green Knight? Never happened, but. Nope. Sadly, no, which is such a great film. Is it? I thought so. Is it? Yeah, I think. I don't know. I walked out going, I, someone needs to explain to me why this was so, I was, that was my number one movie that I was looking forward to this year. Yeah. And I walked out going, I just don't get it. And then people be like, it's a deconstruction of the hero story. And be like, okay, that's fine. It was anticlimactic. You could have cut out a whole bunch of people and characters in it. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I just think. The setting of this, the scope, the liberation of a country and people mm-hmm. and the instead of the the white savior, mm-hmm. it's the you need to understand the system that you helped put into place. Maybe not you specifically. Right. But more than likely someone in your lineage, because you own a huge estate outside of Delhi. Yeah. And confronting the sins of the family uh and of your people. Yeah on the heritage and culture of another and doing your best to help rectify those wrongs mm-hmm. and championing the cause of those that are, uh, you know, struggling right now. Yeah. yeah. And I just think, dude, if this doesn't get nominated for an Oscar, you guys are racist. That's what I think. <laughs> just straight up, straight up. You're anti-Indian and nobody likes that. Whoa. Whoa. This is an untapped billion person market, guys. Get hip yeah. to it. Not untapped. Certain, uh, certain, uh, it's pretty YouTube untapped. Channels I see make a lot of money reacting to Indian trailers. And oh, Indian to Bollywood stuff? Yeah, Bollywood stuff. Yeah. Oh, really? I never even thought about that. What, oh, yeah. so, um, Greg Alba's here? brother, uh, Greg Alba's brother, you know, Greg from the real, yeah, yeah. his brother, Jabby Kawai, he has a, a whole YouTube channel where he, he reacts to Bollywood trailers and he's got like hundreds of thousands of subscribers. To his channel. So smart. Good for him. So smart, you know? So yeah. Uh, shout out to Jobby. Jobby is fucking brilliant. He's a, good, a very nice guy too. Very nice guy. Didn't even think about it. Maybe we got to do a, nope. a Bollywood edition to settle the score. <laughs> there you go. Don't know any of these songs. I was going like to say, good luck, dude. <laughs> yep. I don't know who we find for it, but. Good stuff. You should definitely have them both like compete against each other. That would be a lot of fun. The family squabble. Uh, Quite possibly. But anyway, so, you know, I got a couple movies that I think probably get nominated for Oscars. You got one so far. I think your number four has got another chance. What do you got? I've got three of them. uh, I think are an Oscar nominated. All right. uh, Bradley Cooper and Michelle Williams. Okay. Been anything? I feel like they haven't been anything. I don't think so. I can't think of anything. It's a cult movie. Everybody loves cults. Everybody's in the cults. Bradley is the leader of a cult. You know, we saw him in that terrible licorice pizza playing that producer guy that uh, was profiled in John Schnepp's uh, uh, documentary. Oh, Death of Superman? Yeah, John Peters. He played essentially John Peters. 
And we, so we've seen him play and in, you know, um, a star is born. We've seen him with the long hair and the, the sure. beard. And of course we're all obsessed with cults. Now we're obsessed with cults now. Um, and certainly the master, uh, you know, kind of taking on a little bit of Scientology there, but this is a more like ground based cult. Uh, and what we see is that he is, and it's a little bit based on the one that, uh, where they think the UFO is coming. I forget the name of that, uh, that cult. Um, so for him, that's what he is preaching. And she is the one who's been the dutiful wife, the number one wife. And then something happens and I haven't figured this out yet, but something happens that causes her to begin to question the cult and it becomes how she unwinds the brainwashing that has been happening for her since the beginning and and all because she didn't come in as his wife to start the cult, he started the cult and she became his number one wife. And they kind of work uh, they work initially together as we see in flashbacks, and then juxtaposed with the current time where she's unwrapping and unwind. So she's trying to get out of this cult. There's a thriller aspect to it all, suspense aspect to it all. People sure. are turning on her. If you've watched the Vow, those cult those uh, documentaries about Nexium. Uh, or the Scientology stuff going clear, how they come after you once you try to leave the cult and denigrate you and, and, and uh, demolish your name and follow you around and spy on you and try to hack your stuff. Um, we see her fight back against all of that. And Michelle is so great at playing like, you know, kind of, she can play the dutiful wife, but then she's always, she's also played these really strong characters kind of break out, um, from the shackles that they've been in. So we could see her process. And how she unwinds her um, her connection to the cult and exposes him in the process. I mean, if somebody doesn't come to us and offer to buy some of these pitches, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. That one's got Oscar buzz. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, I like that. Stuff. Cults are cults are definitely. Oh my god, a topic rife. Yeah. For because there's been all the docudramas. Those are great. Um, usually, yeah, usually they're really engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a fascinating world. It's much like the mob for me. It's something I'll never be a part of. So I'm, I get sucked into watching stuff about it. Cause it's just, what's the mindset? How do you f- fall into this? Yeah. Right. Like, you know, are you searching for something or were you found and then yeah. pulled into it? Uh, yeah. Great casting. Yeah. Huh? Got yourself a couple more Oscar nominations. Congratulations. Dude, we are racking up beautiful resumes so we are, far. We are. My mob movie is coming, by the way. So let's go. Oh, you got I didn't, I don't have a mob movie. Oh, really? Oh. I, f- I figure there's enough of those. <laughs> Although you could have a great one. I'm always down for a mob movie, but I just couldn't come up with a new premise in my head. Plus I'd want to yeah. base it on a real character. Sure. Oh yeah. Good point. Yeah. You know, they, uh, give me a banana or a Gambino or a Costello or sure. follow one of their arcs. I like how you uh, have the accent on that. Ben Castello. Hey. Hey. Falcone. Hey. All right. Uh, all right. So my number three is Sigourney Weaver and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh my God. You want to talk about where, where are these two people commanding a, you know, you that's, were coming after my shit. That's the beauty though. Low budget. I am really low typically setting. A low budget for these. Yeah. Uh, but here's the pitch. So real life celebrities, Sigourney and Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. are in San Diego to promote their new movie, uh, 
<coughs> at Comic-Con uh, when aliens that have blended into the crowd <laughs> decide to take Hall H and all its inhabitants hostage, and Ooh. only these two can stop them. Okay. All right. So basically, it's the player meets predator slash alien. Ooh. Wow. So you have the psychological, the thriller and all that, but then you have the hobnobbing of other celebrities as you lead up into that. Yeah. So it's a little bit of lighthearted and then also the who's an imposter and who's real and trying to figure out and save all these people in Hall H mm-hmm. automatically gets huge buzz at Comic-Con itself. Mm-hmm. So we've built in marketing from day one done. Wow. Uh, and I think we keep the budget nice and low because it's only a couple different sets. We can easily rent this out. And uh if the extras become too much, we can just CGI those fuckers in. Yeah. And done and done. I think this is just an easy no-brainer. Not everything needs to win an Oscar, but they all need to make money. And okay. I think this one makes money. Okay. Done and done. Interesting. All right. I like this. Interesting choice, my man. Interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's your, that's your three. That's my three. Okay. All right, so then my three is uh, Jim Carrey and Sandra Bullock. Okay. That's sure. Already, you should sure. already be ready to sign. You should, is that even a question? I shouldn't even have to say another word. That's This is a great combo of two people who've never worked together and who are killers in the comedy scene. So here it is. It's a funny movie. Um, competing Hollywood executives, Jim Carrey and Sandra Bullock, try to land a top star – uh, uh, for their next movie because both of them are struggling in their respective studios and need to land this actor and land this property, this script. So they both go on insane um, uh, experiences or whatever to try to land the actor. And I haven't decided who the actor is going to be um, or actress, could possibly be actress, and so we see all the insane shit they're willing to do to get to that actor or get them to sign the dotted line okay. uh, in the process. And so that's the kind of thing. And so, you you know, you see Jim sneaking into places, Sandra sneaking into places, kind of like Jay Leno sitting in that, uh, uh, uh the wait, toilet when yeah, he's the listening utility in closet, the- listening in with the, so we're seeing how crazy Hollywood executives can be when they're trying to land that big star to save their career. And save their studios possibly. So I think those two would be incredibly hilarious. And it kind of was inspired by that not so good film she did about being the political campaign manager. Oh yeah. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Our history is something or uh, something like that. I will so, say this much. Yeah. As a note. Okay. They cannot come together in the end because I was going to say, because people are going to tell you that you're just remaking your already massive hit with Carell and McCarthy. Oh, the comedy one. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. They do not come together. In fact, I don't think either one lands. I was going to say, you need a third person to swoop in and then yes. they realize that by fighting themselves, they just hurt each other. Martin Short is the third person that swoops in. Perfect. I love it. Let's get Martin Short and more stuff. Totally. <laughs> He's the best part of only murders in the building. Uh, he is uh, because for once he's playing a repressed version of his shtick that he's done in everything and it works so well. It works so but well. I just watching him walk in and just cut down Steve Martin. 
Because you know they do it as friends. <laughs> yeah, of course. And just that makes it onto the show. It's it's so yeah. good every time. But, but also the scenes like with his son, like those are some – I've never yeah. seen Martin play – Vulnerable like that. That color, yeah. It, it was great to see the honesty in that. And I'm like, fuck, man, if you had that gear, haven't, how have you not done this – more often. I'm sure he's had moments in movies like that, but like really dial into that moment like he did. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I like it. I think you got something there. Okay. I think, I think they'd both be very funny and it's a way of exploring like how crazy Hollywood is nowadays. Having those two. Oh no, not even Martin Short. It has to be someone of color. Like it has to be someone who sneaks in that they, neither one of those two expected comes in and takes maybe one of their assistants or something. Uh, uh, comes in and, t- and lands the, the thing and lands and it kind of exposes both of them. That could be funny. That could be fun. Um, all right. What's your two, man? Uh, my deuce, another very short log line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's Jessica Chastain and Josh Brolin. And Ooh, Jessica Chastain, and Josh Brolin. Jessica is a 10 year, is it. a 10 year vet of the <laughs> bunny ranch in Nevada. <laughs> And new owner Josh Brolin is just the mark she needs to make one big score to escape this life. So I think it's kind of, oh. it's gritty. There is no comedy in this. This is fucking gritty. Okay. okay. Uh, and he plays just the scummiest of scumbags okay. and she's dealt with them. She's dealt with clients like this. And now he's like the third owner that they're on mm-hmm. and she sizes them up pretty quickly. And he sizes her up, and it's this mm-hmm. cat mouse, and who ultimately wins? Does she get the score and get the fuck out of there, or does he win and take his retribution out on her? Ooh. I'm smelling Oscar on this one as well. <laughs> it's got sex. It's got yeah. a little bit of violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got name recognition, low budget once again, so there's a chance that it's not going to make a lot of money. No, no, no. costs like $30 million to make. Maybe it does like 120 Maybe. You think it's going to make $120 million? Ah, you know, on, on our best. Have you seen the returns for, um, are the eyes of Tammy Faye? I don't know if it's doing all that. Yeah, well, that's got no sex in it. This is all about sex, baby. <laughs> How could it be sex? You're going to sex see sells her, tickets. You're going to see her having sex? Okay. Well, we're in a bunny, we're in the bunny ranch. All right, all right. That so means. there's going to be. Okay. It's floating around. It's part of the makeup of. You know, all these individuals that exist here. Yeah. They all traffic in sex. That's their entire, you know, worldview on some level. Right, right, right. But yeah, I think, I think it's Oscar for her, a nomination for her. Okay. For sure. Okay. For sure. Okay. Josh, it's going to be a little tougher because you're playing a scumbag <laughs> and that often doesn't get rewarded. Yeah. You know, altruistic characters get the nomination more often than not. Okay. But. It's my log line. I'm in and out of that room pretty quick. Wow. I set the budget nice and low. Okay. And I get this thing greenlit. All right. I like this idea. I like this idea. What All do right. you got it to? Charlize Theron. Okay. And, Bra- and Brad Pitt. Have they been in anything together? Not that I can think of. Yeah. I was, I was looking through everything and I'm trying to make sure they haven't been in anything together. I want to make sure I don't, I don't go, um, I'll tell you this much. I'm already turned on. So what do you got? Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. My oh, both of them. I'm, I'm, I'm game. Let's go. What do we got? I set this one in South Africa. 
because obviously she's from there. She's from South Africa. And this is a couple that is dealing with the transition from, um, what it was with apartheid sure. and, and, uh, when it changes over with Desmond Tutu with Mandela and all of this. But, and this is going to be tough sell. They participated in the apartheid. So they were part of it. And what we see is their journey throughout the movie into understanding what they did and how they did it. And so then this, in essence, they reflect what some South African white people went through as they came face to face with their behavior and their actions with what they did during that time period. So, we see them and their, and their like horrible treatment of their uh, black South African uh, help or black South African employees. And so you're getting them in this gritty exploration of it all. Charlize and Brad have gone bone deep before in certain roles. This would be a great challenge for Brad Pitt. I think Charlize Theron can do this in her sleep, but it's a challenging movie because obviously you don't want to like them. And when you see the flashbacks of the things they've done, it's really hard to accept. So it makes it harder for the, for the audience to sympathize with them because they're pretty and they're good looking. Oh, sorry. They're good looking and they're white. You're going to naturally, and you like them so much as people, you're going to naturally feel the sympathy for them initially. So you have to show some of the brutal stuff they did or some of the mean, really mean evil stuff they did and then see them really come to terms with it emotionally, the stuff they've done. You know, because Desmond Tutu said he didn't want to put all these people in jail. He wanted them to see what they had done so they could understand how to reform their way of thinking and the treatment of uh, the black South African populace that was there. So we can see the change and transition. Now, I think Pitt can do this accent. I don't think he'd do an Irish accent. Uh, his pikey accent was funny, but it was for a fantastic film like Snatch. I think a South African accent could be in his wheelhouse. And certainly... Charlize can do it in her sleep. So, um, dangerous film. Yeah, it's a. I mean, if done well, it would be amazing. It's ten Oscars at least. Could be. Could be like legitimately. That's. I mean, that script has got to be fucking amazing. I mean, you're not wrong. Amazing. It has to be nothing short of because there's no way. Yeah. It even reaches Charlie's or Brad's eyes. Yeah. Because it, it had to get through countless readers and agents and agents assistants. You wanted to play racist people in South Africa? No fucking way. No fucking Exactly. Way. How is this good for you? How is this good for your brand? <laughs> How does this help you sell watches, Brad? Or whatever else you're hocking. <laughs> like, uh, there's got to be. The challenge of them yeah. as actors. You're, you're, you're bringing it down to the challenge. For sure. It almost seems like the director needs to get a hold of the script first. Yeah. And then approach the actors as opposed to the agents presenting it to the actors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh because I just can't imagine any agent coming to their client and being like, hear me out. It just, just you remember that systemic the last systemic form of overt racism and subjugation based <laughs> purely on skin color in this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Charlie's <laughs> where you're from. Anyway. Because um, I don't think she's ever done a film like that. No, nobody has. So it Not could like be a that. challenge. It could be a challenge. Because usually when it's like there are the racists and they're bad and then there's yeah. like the white people, the, the, 
uh, uh, was it Cry Freedom? The Kevin yeah, Klein, yeah, 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 Denzel Washington. It's like yeah. where the there's a delineation between shitty white people yeah. and the the few good white people that are trying to change the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's a much easier sell. Yeah. So that script has got to be amazing. I think if you could get it, but boy, that's got twelve years of slave vibes. Whoa, that's a good point, right? Yeah, twelve. 12 well, I'm just saying for the amount of nominations like that, how heavy hitting it should be. Yeah. Uh, I would love it. Okay. I don't know if this thing ever gets made, but I love it. <laughs> you might be in production hell, but they'll buy the idea. It might be turn around forever. Yeah, just forever. But you just you you got paid, so that's true. That's that's all that matters. Yeah, on some level, as you know, <laughs> the guy pitching and uh, you know coming up with the ideas. Yeah. Um. Okay. What do you got? Um. Number one. So my number one is. Mm-hmm. George Clooney. Okay. And Danielle Brooks. Oh, uh, from Peacemaker. Nice yeah. choice. Okay. Ooh, nice choice. So famed Hollywood prankster George is relaxing at his Italian villa in Lake Como. Yeah, yeah. When Danielle Brooks stumbles to his front gate stating she's lost and needs help. Wow. George, realizing it's a fellow American in need, opens his doors just to have Danielle kidnap him and demand that he put her in his next movie. Wow. So think Midnight Run vibes. Okay. Okay. It's like this odd couple pairing that ultimately it's like they come to respect and like one another. And she sets him free in the end. But I think she can, she's already shown she can pull off the comedy and the action aspects of it. It's something you need for this. And Clooney's got all the charm to do all of this. Right. Uh, plus, you know, we tell George we're shooting this predominantly in Italy for you. You right. don't have to go far from your house. You get to sleep in your own bed at night. I think yep. he signs on for that. And she gets a free trip to Italy. Uh, I don't know what production costs are like there, but they got to be starved for Hollywood movies shooting in there that aren't James Bond. I mean, I would think so. And uh I think with the Midnight Runs kind of vibe, I think this thing could do quite well. Once again. Wow. Low budget, high return. So that's what I'm going with a lot of these. It's how I'm speaking to them. I'm speaking their language. Money. <laughs> I'm here to make you money. Occasionally it's nice if we get an Oscar, but yeah. money is my predominant focus here. Okay. I think this one's a lot of fun, and I think they could have tremendous chemistry between the two of them. I don't disagree with you. Uh And by the way, doing a little research here for my Jim Carrey, Sandra Blick one, uh, mm-hmm. Stephanie Beatrice is the executive who slides in. And takes the star from them, the okay. Encanto and from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Now that she's kind of a hot commodity after Encanto. Um, all right. That's, those are great choices. I, I love that, uh, number one for you, man. Dude, yeah. you weren't even paying attention. You were I was. searching and doing your I own was. thing. That's fine. That's fine. Playing the role of executive. I get you. <laughs> I was already going to green light it when you walked in the room. Exactly. Oh, I love it. This is great. What, who's in this? Perfect. Perfect. You can care if we change everything aspect about this? Awesome. Put it together. Put it together. <laughs> what do you got in number one? I got stuff I need to look up online. <laughs> can you just uh, check uh, Twitter? No, I got? mean, Clooney and Danielle Brooks is a good combination. That's so unusual. Uh, and and the fact that Danielle did so well in Peacemaker, um, you and, and it appeals to a demographic, a younger demographic who's going to come in and enjoy. And Clooney, you know, that Moon film or whatever he did on Netflix, I don't think they cast a younger actor 
who was going to bring people in to watch it. I think they still think Clooney can get butts and seats or eyes on projects. I don't think he can quite at the level that he did anymore because he does it so rarely. Uh, but he did a great job directing Tender Bar, so maybe he directs this one, right? That's possible. Yeah, possibly. I just yeah. think with the, the comedy aspect of it, you might be able to get more eyes because the other one was a sci-fi-esque. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, whenever yeah. he's ventured into sci-fi, it has not done well for him. Tomorrowland. No, right. With uh, what was the remake of Solaris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Solaris, Tomorrowland. Yeah, the the one you're talking about that came out, the Midnight Sky. Is that what? Yeah, Midnight Sky. Yes, Midnight Sky. Um, yeah, his sci-fi's have been misses. Yeah. So let's get him back to comedy where everybody appreciates his charm and his smile, a little wink to the camera. Be like, "There's the George we know and love." Well, ain't this place the geo? What is it? Geological? What is it? Uh, ain't this place a geographical oddity? Two weeks from everywhere. (laughs) See, I was paying attention. All right. Anyway. You know, the story, the story behind that is, yeah. So he didn't know how to do, he was struggling with the accent. So he sent it to his uncle, who's a farmer in Kentucky. Oh shit. And his uncle read the script back to him, his parts and recorded it, but he omitted all the swear words because he's like a <laughs> devout Christian. So George learned the script by listening to his uncle and then performed it without the swear words. Wow. And the Coens are like, Hey, you do realize is, and he explained it and they liked his take on it better. Yeah. So they kept that in there. Wow. But yeah, just read the script, liked it. He, I guess he agreed to do it without reading it. Uh, just cause he's like, I love all your movies. So yeah. yes, count me in. Um, and then just kind of it evolved from there. Wow. That's brilliant. Whether or not that's true. I don't know. I've read an article stating that. So got a lot of tentacles that George Clooney. Um, all right. So the, my number one, is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jessica Chastain. Okay. Jessica Chastain is a female Irish priest. DiCaprio is a f- Irish hitman, a gangster. And so he has come to this moment where he has committed this particular crime, killed this couple, and there was something about this final hit that affected him. So because he is a lapsed Catholic or Protestant, I don't want to get into any kind of issues going on there. We can go either way. He, or maybe he's a Catholic who goes to a Protestant priest or a priest, a Protestant who goes to a Catholic priest seeking forgiveness. So what we have here mm-hmm. is an exploration of him atoning for the sins or revealing all the sins and her getting all this information of these murders that have happened in the past. And I think an either an Irish policeman or one of, yeah, somebody, somebody finds out through some kind of interaction, maybe someone bought and paid for in the church after that, uh, um, chest chain doesn't know is bought and paid for by the Irish mob. Uh, and reveals to the Irish mob what is happening. And so now they have to kind of work together to keep Brad Pitt alive. And then there's this Irish. Brad Pitt all of a sudden. Well, they've worked together. Sorry. They've worked together. Sorry. DiCaprio alive. Um, because he's got all this information and he's willing to talk about it. And she is the only one that is going to absolve him and be his conduit into cleansing his soul but also revealing um what happened here 
So it becomes a tense thriller, but also a character piece in exploration and conversation in the interactions uh, between him and um, Jessica Chastain. And I don't know if Irish female priests can have relationships. So, well, there are no, there are no Catholic female priests, right? But there are Irish priests, female Irish priests are in they? Ireland. Yeah, they've been on for a while. Uh, yeah, maybe Protestant then. I did research on this to me. Catholic, it you still can't be. It's male dominated. Yeah. Um, as of November 2020, they were marking 30 years of women priests in Ireland, in the Church of Ireland. So, I, don't, I don't know what denomination that is. Yeah. I don't know either what the Church of Ireland Protestant, is. Lutheranism. The first, Ireland's first woman deacon was Reverend Catherine Poulton, who was ordained in 1987. Um, and in 2010, she was the first woman of Dean and installed that Easter at St. Canice's Cathedral, Kilkenny. So I don't know if the Church of Ireland is Catholic or Protestant. But this was my mob movie. Not really, you know, full on. It's a Christian church, the Church of Ireland. Yeah, but that doesn't... It's an independent Anglican church. Yeah, so it's not Catholic. All right, fair enough. Um, So I don't know if they can get together or not. But there is a growing attraction as the film goes along. Do they consummate it? I don't know. But it adds to the element of danger. The stakes get higher as they grow to care for each other more and more. Sure. You know, DiCaprio can play conflict like nobody's business. And Chastain, redhead, see her with the Irish accent, she would totally kill it. Oh, yeah. Undoubtedly. So. Uh, and I'm, I know DiCaprio could pull off the accent. Yes. It just, it's, I've never really visualized him as Irish before. Maybe Kieran Hines is the Irish mobster who's trying to stop it. Or, uh, Killian Murphy. No, cause that'll be a peaky blinders. People will feel a connection too easily. Okay. All right. Back Let's off. Start changing my to, movie if you want to be Oppenheimer. You know, you can visualize actors in different roles. It's okay. Um, That's yeah, I like cool. that. Okay. Who do you get to direct? It was a good Irish director. It has to be an Irish director. That I don't know. <sighs> Who did, uh, was that Black 47? Let's start there. I think Neil Jordan's too old to do it. Maybe, I mean, you could get Brana, but I feel like it would get a little too preachy with Brana. Quite possibly. Right? A little preachy. What about Martin McDonough who did In Bruges? Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. He was born in London to Irish parents, so he's not like Irish born, but he's Irish blood. So. He'd be a nice choice. Let's see. Jim Sheridan, no, too old. Yet, okay, so I looked up Black 47 is Lance Daly. He's an Irish director. Lance Daly. But he's only really done Black that 47. that we, we know. Okay. 
which I don't know if you've seen that yet, but I haven't yet. I, I will watch it though. Cause I mean, it's good. Yeah. Who did Sing Street? Although I think that wouldn't be. Who well, I don't know. I love Sing Still Street. haven't seen that. John Carney. John Carney. Who also did once. Uh, but that's more, he's more of a romance guy. So I don't know if I trust him necessarily. Yeah. He seems to have kind of one formula that works for him so far. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I would try uh, the other guy. Um, who I mentioned. And I can't remember his name now, but I would, I would do him. So. All right. There you well, go. I think we, we both had some excellent ideas I agree in the mix. You. Yes, we do. Um, at I, least I, 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 20 I don't Oscars think, between us, at least. Yeah. It's, honestly, we've become the new Robert Evans for a new millennia. <laughs> the new Dom Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> they didn't win Oscars though. Bring me the Coke. Oh, yeah, Robert Evans. Oh, I see what you're saying. Give me the Oscars. Yeah, somebody was like, they could tap individuals and get them into Oscar kind of race. It's true. It's very true. Okay. I'm down with it. I like it. This has been our longest show to date in a while. In a while. In a while. I don't think it's our longest. I think two and a half, 240 is our longest. Something like that. Yeah, it's probably, I think that was one with, uh, Andrako, maybe. Um, Uh, all right. Yeah, it was, it was definitely with a guest. But we can't really combine these. No, we can't. I don't think I was about to say that. I don't think we can combine these. I think the show is what it is today. Let us know. Give us your pitch ideas. Yeah. We'd love to see them. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, Let us know if you have an issue with any of our pitch ideas, how to make it better. Uh, Yeah, I could use help with that Idris Tilda one. I'm still yeah. not sold on that. I like all my get, others. You're not getting a cut of it. Don't get us wrong, but you can help. There's some internship Top 10 uh, film production studios. Well, if they come up with their own pitch, uh, you know, good luck to you. Get it out there. Hopefully you sell it. Knock yourself out. Knock um, but yeah, that's it for the show. We're not going to combine them just because there's <laughs> no real way to do the top 10. Yeah, agreed. Um, not even sure how we'll title this one. This was fun. This was challenging. Yeah, it was good. I, I would do this again. Come yeah. up with, you know, and then you could do, uh, you could subdivide too. And you're like, all right, you got to come up with action movies. You can't repeat yourself or something. It's got to be all different or I like that uh, something along those lines. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Let us know if you like the Sandra Bullock Channing Tatum movie. Um, no idea. It's got a release date that makes me question it. The Lost City, yes. So, yeah, The Lost City coming up. Yeah. Um, might get swallowed up by the Batman still. Might. I'm gonna see it next week. I'm hoping. I mean, I, I've heard good to not so good things. So I don't know. Yeah, who knows? You know, there's those kinds of films. But uh I think okay. that's it for this show this week, don't you? Sounds good. Yes, absolutely. Let's get right, so, out of here. Uh Twitter, it's at Top Ten Show, if you want to follow the show. Uh If you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. And on YouTube and Instagram, it is forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. So please hit us up on any of those. We'd love to have you interact with the SC over there. And you can follow me at Matt Nost. Uh, check out Settle the Score. Uh, we just had the geek buddies on, on last week's show. So if yeah. you haven't listened to that, you can go back and listen to that. A lot of fun. Um, a lot of, a lot of contention. Yeah. And s- certain individuals selectively didn't remember how the game was played and then distinctly knew exactly how the game was played. Seemed iffy as to their recall when they were forgetting and when they were remembering, but that's neither here nor there. 
you know. So please go check that out. And uh, if you want some NBA action, uh, dropping dimes anywhere you get podcasts. And that's it for me this week. Uh, one quick question. Was the Keith Smart play dirty or not? The Keith Smart Marcus play? Smart. Was the Marcus Smart play dirty or not on Smart? No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. I, th- I think it was one of those, like, it's just a – it happens. Yeah. yeah. It happens. I don't think – does Marcus have a history of flopping into dudes? Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah. Is this an instance of – no, I think he was fighting for the loose ball, and it just happened to okay. roll up on his ankle and – Steph is probably going to be out for the rest of the regular season, but they're anticipating him come back for the playoffs. He's ma- they've made the playoffs, so rest him up. Right? Yeah. Get clear. They, and actually it behooves them to get out of having to play the Nuggets in the first round anyway. So if they drop down to the four, that kind of help them. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, as for me, you can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. That's right. The old man's on TikTok, uh, the outlaw nation on Twitch. And, uh, my other podcasts, the cinephiles and the geek buddies and, uh, yeah. And my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca says reviews, trailer reactions, all those shows happening there on the outlaw nation outlet. So thank you so much. And, uh, we will talk to you next time with another brand new episode here from the top 10. Y'all take care. Be well. Ooh.